a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCombe. If we, if we... Jazz post game, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga in for Coach LaCombe tonight. Jazz win, 128-117 over the San Antonio Spurs. J.P., how about THT? Taylor Horton Tucker, 41 points, a new career high for him, 15 of 25 shooting, 6 of 11 from 3, 5 of 6 at the line, had 5 assists and 4 rebounds to go along with it, and uh, came out of the gate ready to go. He needed to take that many shots. The team needed him to take that many shots. Yep. Who was going to grab all of the shots that would go to Lowry, that would go to Kelly, that would go to Jordan, that would go to Colin? It had to be Taylor Horton Tucker, and he was more than willing to shoot those shots. The big thing that you have to say is a step in the right direction because I don't think all the shots were great. And I think he he would have the same assessment of it because he's taking difficult shots, having so much of the offensive burden. The bright spot of it. Those three-pointers that he took were smart relocations. They were catch-and-shoot shots. One, he had, he had missed, and then uh, they got the offensive rebound, and he didn't just jack it up immediately. He passed it off, moved off the ball, found it in the other corner, and then buried the three. Those situations where he's not just jacking it for the sake of throwing up a shot— those are huge in the evolution of his game because he could be labeled a chucker at times. And if, if you're doing those type of situations where you aren't chucking, that goes a, a lot to helping your reputation in this league. He is a tough guard given his body type and his aggressiveness. I mean, he definitely is a difficult guard uh, for anybody out there. And when his shot selection gets a little bit a little bit smarter, I mean, he's, he does make those fantastic shots you'd never give him a prayer to make and they go in more for him than probably other folks out there but as that that shot selection gets a little better you know he he was really great tonight but let's not pretend like san antonio was putting up putting up a whole lot of resistance either but i mean that's why you know Locke mentioned it uh during crosstalk it's why we talked about it we joked about we said uh over under 22 and a half for taylan's shot attempts tonight and we debated it throughout the game and he came in a little bit over at 25 and honestly he didn't he didn't he wasn't a chucker tonight. He no. really wasn't. It, it and that's the bright spot is that he he didn't make it into those scenarios where he's driving, does an unnecessary spin, takes a fadeaway mid-range jump shot. That's a bad shot. That's not something that should be in his shot diet when he's out there on the floor. Tonight it was 
at the rim attacking because they don't have anybody on the back line that can put fear in your heart like a Walker Kessler who's going to block your shot. No, he can go straight there, have nobody blocking the shot, and get a shot up right at the rim. And those are easier shots to make. And then the threes that he took were great. He he needs to find that balance between a good mid-range shot that's wide open or a, a mid-range shot that, that's in his zone and one where he's doing too much. He had one where he dribbled off his foot and it went off of his foot and the it, another player for the Jazz grabbed it and took a shot. Like those type of things where he's dribbling off his foot, dribbling too much, that he needs to eliminate out of his game. And just four turnovers for how much that he had the ball tonight, that's huge for Taylor Horton Tucker cuz he's had less of the ball and had more turnovers. But tonight he was relied upon and just four Grand scheme of thing, that's a pretty good number. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, outside of THT, Chris Dunn had 17 coming in off the bench as he continues to just be awesome. Six of 11 shooting, one of one from three, four or five at the line. He had five assists and four boards uh, as well. Uh, Doak had 12 coming in off the bench, a perfect six of six from the field. Uh, Johnny Juzang had 10 tonight. Uh, Ochai had uh, 10 as well. Walker Kessler, four of eight. Had uh, just nine points tonight, but did grab 10 boards, had four assists, and got a couple of block shots as he kind of salvaged the game where he didn't play as much. Uh, Walker only with 21 minutes tonight. And you could see everybody was really deferring to Taylor Horton Tucker, at least offensively, in what they were doing. They were allowing him to have a lot of the ball and shoot for this team to get good offense. But, I mean, Walker Kessler, even on a night that you could say isn't. Um, as stellar as previous nights that we've seen from him, 10 rebounds. There was a point last season where, earlier in this season, where Will was saying they don't have somebody who can grab defensive boards. He said it multiple times. He's the guy. He is now uh, the person who can solidify your defensive possessions. And it's gone along with the trend of the Jazz's defense later on in the year. It's gotten better. His... Defensive rim statistics, block shots since the All-Star break. He's number one. And it's through these games where he's, st- even if he has just two blocks, he's deterring shots. He's doing the thing where you're bending the shot chart for the other team. San Antonio is a bad offensive team, but they were not impressing you with the way that they were moving the no. ball around or how they were getting into their offense. A lot of it came through transition when uh, Doak or Walker wasn't running back quick enough to defend, and that's how they got their points. Other than that, it was a very easy game for the Jazz to go wire to wire with it. Uh, Malachi Brownham led the way for the Spurs. Uh, He had 21 points. There were six Spurs in double figures. Um, Trey Jones added 17. Devontae Graham had 17 uh, coming off the bench. Let's just go with uh, Mamou. I'm just going to go with that, JP, because okay. I would uh, struggle with the rest. He had 17 coming in off the bench, and they just picked him up after he got cut by uh, Milwaukee. Steps in and scores 17. Uh, Bates Diop had 15. Zach Collins uh, with 12. But the Spurs shot just 47% from the field. The Jazz shot 54% uh, from the field tonight and 30, well, let's call it 39% from three, uh, 12 of 31. So, you know. Jazz shot the ball pretty well, even though, as you pointed out in the pregame show, 
their first three, arguably four scorers on the roster did not play. They had to get shots from Talon Horton Tucker, and he delivered by scoring a boatload of points. His other game where he had 40, uh, he took 28 shots in that game, and he was two of six from three in that game against the Warriors. So looking for small wins. This is a better game than he had uh, that night because it was more efficient, and it was uh, on better uh, three-point shooting. Great point, him. JP. That's a, This is a way better game than he had that night. Oh, yeah. And it, that was an uh, end-of-season game where uh, LeBron James was out, Anthony Davis was out. It was him and Malik Monk who was taking the boatload of the shots for the Los Angeles Lakers. Similar situation to, to this, but... Much better game. He played much better. Yeah, much better game. And they needed they needed it from yeah. him. Like, that's... So much of this league is providing what a team needs from you. When Taylor Horton Tucker is on the floor with... Lowry, Jordan, all the guys who are out tonight. He takes a back seat, and he has to be more of a facilitator. He can't jack up that many shots when those guys are out there. And it's come with varying level of, levels of success, but seeing that he can do that, it's not really surprising because, yeah, if you give a guy like Taylor Horton Tucker shots, he's going to score. He's going to get buckets because he knows how to get to his spots. He's smart on relocations. He knows what to do. But doing it efficiently is a very different thing in the NBA. And finding how you can get your points while also being contributing to winning and not hindering your team, that goes a long way. And THT did that tonight. Well, and the Spurs didn't do much to hinder him either, which, no. of course, uh, which of course helps. This Spurs team is, is certainly at the bottom of the rebuild barrel. At the end of a rebuild year, not playing several of their rebuild players. If their offense sinks to 30th, they would be the first team since the Charlotte Hornets in 2012 to have the 30th worst offense, the 30th worst defense. That doesn't seem like it should be possible in today's day and age. It shouldn't at all. You should at least, if you're going to be at least on offense, come with come up with a gimmick. Give me a prop. You know, be a prop yeah. comic. Be carrot top. Find some way to get some laughs. Yeah. Do something. Shoot 40, 53s. Bend the shot, shot chart so that you're shooting so much. But they don't have enough players. They, You saw what they had tonight. I mean, Mamu can come off the street after not playing for Milwaukee and be a rotation player and be one of the leading scorers on your team. That puts you in a hard place. Doesn't seem right, does it? No. It's this is it's very different the approach to the rebuild that San Antonio is going with right now. Well, yeah, they they've won 19 games on the year. They may not make it to 20. I bet they're. Let's, I haven't looked at their their schedule for the rest of the year. I could bring that up, but uh, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of hope with the roster that they're throwing out there. You know what I mean? Their over under was 22 and a half. All right, let's go back to San Antonio and hear from Coach Hardy win for us um, I think our guys have have been playing really hard lately and they've stayed committed to what we're doing um, they've done it as a group and it's good for them to to see the reward of that by getting a win um, obviously Talon was special tonight with 41 points um, but there's a lot of guys that were contributing on both ends of the floor that not only allowed him to have 41 points but allowed our team to come out with the win tonight so um, 
just really proud of the fact that the guys have maintained throughout the whole season the ability to stay focused on the present and tonight's game and just go out there and try to compete. I think, you know, the Spurs did a great job tonight. Their their pace and how quickly they move their bodies um, in the half court is shocking at times. Um, you know, they do such a good job cutting. They got us on a couple of back cuts in the first half. They really hurt us in transition and early clock situations. We weren't able to get back and set our defense. But in the second half, I think we did a little bit better job of that. Our, our help defense was a little bit better. Um, we were able to force some turnovers finally in the second half. We didn't see a ton of reward from that because we also turned it over in the second half. But um, I think we made some some good steps on the defensive end uh, in the second half of the game. So um, another you know another big game coming up in two days. But you know I want the guys to enjoy this one tonight. Yeah, I think there's there's always going to be times that you need to just get off the ball early to keep the defense honest. You know, when you start getting rolling, defenses are going to start to collapse more toward you. They're going to react more towards your drives. The help's going to come a little bit earlier. And so I think the balancing act, that you know, the, the best scorers in the league do such a good job of they can score in a burst, and then when you overreact to help them, they do a good job of setting up their teammates to get some easy ones, and it loosens the defense back up for them to continue to be aggressive. Um, I think he's still finding his way in that. I think obviously in the first half, you know, he had 27 points in the first half, and there's there's five or six plays in there that we could all pick out and go like, oh, we should have passed that one. But he had it going, and so there's, you know, that's that's part of his growth in that position. Like he's a dynamic guard. I don't know if he's ever been a quote-unquote like point guard, like maybe we all think of a point guard in our heads, but that's the league's changed. Like There aren't that many pure point guards anymore. There's a lot of primary ball handlers, pick-and-roll players um, that are tasked with making a ton of decisions, and Talon is that for us right now. Um, so I think it's just feeling the moment of, okay, I've, I've hit a few, I've gotten it going, now they're going to react to me a little bit differently. This is an opportunity to get my teammates involved and then go back to being aggressive when the defense loosens back up. Walker was struggling a little bit offensively. So I think he went into the fourth quarter like one of four. Mm-hmm. Um, he just like wasn't getting the touches that he usually gets on like offensive rebounds and stuff like that. And then he wasn't converting when he actually did get those. And then he picked it up a little bit in the fourth, but also was getting the ball moving mm-hmm. too. Yeah, I thought in the first half, you know, honestly, I thought he looked a little bit tired. He just, and that's natural. He's played a ton of games this year. He's played a lot of minutes. Um, And so that's why we went with a little bit of a different rotation in the first half and really tried to keep his minutes down in the hopes that he could maybe freshen up and have a little bit better second half. Um, And I thought in the, you know, later in the game, he did a good job of sticking with it, if that makes sense. And the ball ended up finding him a few times on the offensive glass. His teammates did do a better job of, of getting the ball moving. Um, 
But we've talked a lot lately about using Walker as sort of like a pressure release on offense. When teams really help off of him, if he's on the perimeter, you can throw it to him because he's usually open. And then he can initiate action on the second side. And something we worked on a lot this morning at shoot-around. And I thought he had some pretty good carryover on that tonight. We obviously can do it a little bit more. But, um, you know, I was happy to get out of tonight with him only playing 20 minutes. I, I really do think that he and Ochai, as they've taken this big step forward in their role and their minutes, there's real fatigue with that. It's mental fatigue. It's physical fatigue. And so, you know, as a staff, we just felt in the first half, Doak was playing well and DJ was giving us good energy. And so let's try to stick with them right now and, and get Walker through halftime. Maybe he can regroup a little bit um, so he didn't flatline uh, as the game went on. And, you know, luckily it worked out. All right, there you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy as the Jazz win tonight over the Spurs, 128-117. With that, we will say goodnight to our network stations. Uh, Our next broadcast is coming your way on Friday night. The Jazz will be in Boston to take on the Celtics. Uh, That game will tip off at, just confirming, 5.30. Pre-game coverage will begin at 4.30. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some player sound for you. We'll continue to get JP's thoughts on this one next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Well. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga filling in for Coach Combs tonight. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller, Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. Jazz win tonight over the Spurs, 128-117. We'll get you some more player sound coming up. But it seems like we've had uh, what uh, we, we were going to call the Charlotte game, J.P., the THT game. Well, maybe now we have to call the San Antonio game the THT game. 41 points for him, new career high. And very deserved of that new career high. Tremendous job by him to take on the offensive burden. Did it efficiently with the amount of shots that he got. Uh, it was 24 shots to get 37 points against Charlotte. Pretty great. So this was better. This was exactly what the Jazz needed. They needed someone to pick up the load and... He was more than willing to do it. The Jazz got 35 shots at the rim tonight. Wow. Made 25 of them. I I mean, it was always just a matador defense going into the rim by San Antonio. San Antonio is not a good team, and they took advantage of it by attacking the paint. Yeah, they can't stop layups, obviously. I mean, who's going to do that? Zach Collins? Not tonight. That haircut might. That haircut might. Uh, you know, we talk about Walker Kessler, who only played 21 minutes and four of eight shooting, nine points. We've seen him have better games. He was plus 20 tonight in those 21 minutes. That's uh, by far a high for the game in the plus-minus department. 
so still found a way to have an impact in those uh, in those 21 minutes. It was interesting to hear uh, Coach Hardy in the last segment talk about how they saved him a little bit in the first half so that he'd be a little bit more fresh in the second half. And, uh, you know, the rookie wall is a, is a real thing. I mean, you think about it, what are the most games Kessler played in a college season at a time, 31 or 32 maybe? Yeah, it could be 30. Yeah, if he made the tournament, it would be around 34. And he's, and he's been healthy this year. He's yeah. played, you know. That's a lot. It's interesting how they're managing it so down to the minute during the game, you know. Well, because they know he's going to be part of the future. They know he's going to be here for a while. He's on a rookie contract, very favorable to the team. But he's a building block. You can build a defense around that type of player. You saw it here for the last eight, right. nine years with somebody you could build the defense around. And Walker's right in that lane of being someone that not only can defend the rim, but can also play on offense. You could throw him a lob and he can catch a pass. You could throw him uh, the ball on a short roll and he'll be smart enough to find somebody in the short, in the far corner. Like he knows and is processing things at a high level that he sticks around on the court they didn't need him that much tonight just 20 minutes 21 minutes for walker kessler they're valuable minutes because it's an nba game but also look at the team that they threw out on the other end i mean maybe he goes uh and they're trying to work the perimeter and you know defending on the perimeter isn't exactly his strong suit let's get back to san antonio now and hear from doke oh luca excuse me Already having known him and worked with him um, in 2019 for two seasons. I mean, I think he just encouraged me, you know, to be myself and to play really hard. And you know, he, know, I mean, as you said, I came yesterday, so there was some things, you know, plays and stuff. But you just got to play hard, and I think you know, he makes up for everything else. This is your first time as a visitor in the Spurs arena. What was that like for you? Uh, it's, as I said, it's crazy, you know, how God works. It's. I started here, got cut, and then I'm here. Then I have Boston. That was, you know, until here. I was there until now, and then I go to New York. So it's 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 amazing to be here again. A career high for you, nine rebounds. Let's talk about tonight's game. Uh, I mean, as I said, I you know I, I'm new here, so I just try to do some things that you know maybe not scoring or anything else, but you know some things that you can do every night, maybe help a little bit, and that was it. Perfect. Thank you. Go space. All right, that was Luka Samanich. Apologize for the confusion. He had nine points tonight, nine boards, four assists, uh, two of eight shooting, JP, one of four from three. And, yeah, his journey started in San Antonio. So probably interesting to go back. And some scratches on the neck. He does. I don't know if somebody got him with a hard foul or Jamil suggested maybe he fights bears in his personal personal life. But he's got a – yeah, somebody got him good. Somebody needs to clip their nails on the San Antonio side or something. But he played well. I thought for a 10-day contract uh, to be out there, you're, you're debuting uh, the 2023 season for yourself, getting an opportunity in front of all the NBA teams because everybody gets the tape. So you're you're not only playing for the Jazz. You're playing for all the other teams in this league. He acquitted himself very well. The big-to-big passing is huge. Uh, if you're going to be out on the floor and not necessarily a great threat from three, I think he's a – 30% sub 30% three point shooter. That isn't necessarily great spacing for your offense, but if you can pass a little bit, that helps curtail that. 
and he can. And he, he showed that he's a ball mover. He wasn't going to let it stick. He told David in his walk-off interview he didn't really know the offense. And for him to still have four assists, huge. Pretty huge, good. Huge and great game for him to be on the first night of a 10-day contract. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some. Share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win 128 to 117. We'll have more for you coming up next. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running hook. Blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened. On the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz post game. Jake Scott, JP Chung in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Jazz win 128 117 over the San Antonio Spurs. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at Mark Miller Subaru. Dot com. JP, let's get into the Master of the Glass tonight. Brought to you by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass Rebound Program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to uh, a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight's Master of the Glass, JP, Walker Kessler, who had 10 rebounds. Three of those came on the offensive side. Uh, the Jazz out-rebounded the Spurs tonight 45 45- to 39 uh offensive rebounding not really a factor uh jazz had eight total the spurs uh the spurs had nine well they didn't necessarily turn it over uh in bad situations some of them were out of bounds they weren't live ball turnovers which are real killers for the jazz's offense but walker kessler as a rebounder has been getting better as the year goes on he had to work on his physicality rebounding because you're going to get up against Yusuf Nurkic, one game, and then Jokic, the next game. One's a tree, and one's more nimble and able to bat it to himself on offensive rebounds. So learning the game and learning how to position yourself when you're playing two different types of bigs and when you're going up against Zach Collins, much easier job tonight against the Spurs. Yeah, I would say. Samanich had uh, nine uh, rebounds. We just uh, heard from him in the last segment is, yeah, I don't think uh, San Antonio is threatened to, to push anybody around uh, at this point in time. The Jazz also had 28 assists on 49 made field goals. 28 assists is a great number for them, especially considering that nobody had more than five. So they really spread it out. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker, as you uh, pointed out earlier, who had the ball in his hand most of the game, he had five assists. But you look at other guys, uh, Dunn had five coming in off the bench. Uh, Semenich had four uh, Kessler had four, uh, Obagi had three. So the, you know, team assisted each other tonight. Juan Toscano Anderson with two. And, you know, he doesn't have a flashy stat line, just six points to assist, but he plays winning basketball. You can tell he knows and he fits in with players who know how to play. That's why he survived with the Warriors. He knows where to be and how to compliment really good players. And for him to get the start tonight it makes sense that he would be out there because he's not going to demand the ball. He doesn't need touches. He knows dirty work, scrap, tip-ins. That's how he's going to have success, and that's how he's going to score his points. That's what he did tonight, and he was key to keeping the ball moving. It didn't stick with one hand. Uh, 
The Jazz had six block shots tonight. We talked about Walker Kessler having uh, two of those. How about Ochai, who had two blocks tonight? Uh, we talked about him a lot in the pregame show. We felt like we jinxed him a little bit, and he finished the game with uh, 10 points, three assists, and two block shots. But I'll tell you what, one thing I like about him and we talked about, he's got size, he's got athleticism, and he plays defense. So even on a game where he only goes two of seven shooting, two of six from three, still has an impact on the game. Six foot ten wingspan, and he's got a 40 vert. Jeez. Pretty athletic. Jeez. And so you notice that when he's out there on the floor. It lends back to the first play that he had in college when he was supposed to redshirt, and then injuries forced him into the lineup, and the first play that he gets drawn up by Bill Self is an alley-oop. It's because of that athleticism. He knows how to jump out of the gym. And because of that, he can defend perimeter positions. He can defend uh, probably up to fours if you're really looking at it. One through four, that that's so huge in versatility in the way that you can switch on every single possession defensively. That's big when you're going against these type of teams deep in the playoffs and you're playing on really good teams. Ochai played winning basketball tonight. Even with just 10 points, he didn't have to force up as many shots. I was looking for him to get some shots up tonight, but he didn't have as many as he needed to because Taylor Horton Tucker had it going. And when you're riding the wave of somebody who has it going, yeah, just let him shoot and they'll have a good night. Plus, Ochai seems like, uh, and I'm curious to your opinion on this because you just had uh, to sit down with him. Uh, He seems like he's got a good vibe to him, a good attitude. You know, it's hard to, you know, tell who's a good locker room guy or not when you're, of course, you're not on the inside of the locker room. But I, I would guess he is. Yeah, he seems like it because his trainer, he told me this story about his trainer actually was an assistant coach at Weber way back in the day and works with Damian Lillard. His name's uh, Phil Beckner, I believe is his name. And so when you have that lineage, anything that that trainer says that Dame did you're going to follow to a T because Dame's a pretty good role model to have. So Ochai knows exactly what it takes to make it in this league, and he's following that Dame model. He said the saying that his trainer would say all the time is, pit bulls and poodles don't don't belong in the same kennel. And he's trying to be like that. He's trying to be a pit bull. I don't know, JP. Those poodles can be mean. They're high strung. Are they meaner than pit bulls? Who, Who are you taking in a fight? I don't know. I've seen I'm not some, trying to make you I've go seen Mike some, Vick. I've seen some one. rough poodles out there, JP. I'm just saying, don't judge a, judge a book by its cover. Okay. Those puff tails, they can still be pretty tough. No, I get your point. They look benign. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and if, you know, the idea is to have that aggression and the work ethic and all those sorts of things that can develop, and you have to manage your body and do all these things that help you be a successful NBA player. And I, I do think it's interesting that the Jazz used him in the G League and used him kind of that way when their roster was a little bit deeper, right? Knowing they'll make the moves and that Ochai will get his opportunity to come, but make him earn it, make him work for it a little bit. Similar to the wave of, uh, or similar to the uh, the philosophy and probably bringing Walker Kessler on a little bit slower when you have Jared Vanderbilt on the team and you're able to, you know, make him earn it a little bit as opposed to starting from day one or that sort of thing. I'm sure that has benefits as, uh, you know, these players develop and figure out what it takes to be an NBA player. And there's no way, Ochai, when you're first-round pick, think you're going to be in the G League. No. There's no way that you think you're going to be in Sioux Falls playing a basketball game. You can't imagine – that a part of your NBA journey. 
when you're in the first round. And frankly, getting traded gives you a really big mental, oh my goodness, I'm getting jogged right now because I thought I was going to be a part of Cleveland. I thought I was going to be a part of one group. Now I'm part of another. And he was there a little bit longer than Walker. Walker was in Minnesota for like two days, and then he got traded for Rudy. Ochai was there for a couple months. He worked out with those guys in Cleveland. He got to know them a little bit. And then now he's in a new place, and he's in the G League? That could force somebody to have maturity issues, but he's a mature player. Lucas Samanich told this to Locke about how he's in a much better mature place than he was before when he met Will Hardy. And now that he's in this place, he knows what he needs to do to stay on an NBA floor, and that's why he's getting a shot right now. Whether it's with the Jazz or another team, doesn't matter. You're getting tape out there, and it's pretty good tape after one game. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some, share your own at mysubaruis.com. Jazz win 128 to 117. We'll have more coming up next. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Wow! The outcome is in the books. Let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz Postgame, Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga. Sitting in for Coach Lacombe tonight. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win. 128-117, Taylor Horton, Tucker, what a game from him tonight. 41 points, career high, 15 of 25 shooting, 6 of 11 from 3, 5 of 6 from the line, 4 rebounds, 5 assists, a steal. He did have 4 turnovers. JP, my question for you, and we've talked uh, a little bit about this uh, throughout the season. It, it's probably come up uh, when you filled in for Coach Lacombe uh, when we've talked about it. But we heard uh, Coach Hardy talk about Taylor and what he's being required to do for this specific Jazz team and handling the ball and making plays. What's his – let's say he sticks around with the Jazz for a couple of years and, and they, they develop and, and add a few players. What, what's his most productive role, do you think, in the NBA? Where does, where does he fit? On a playoff team. I think it's closer to what uh, Chris Dunn is actually doing for this team right now. It's coming off the bench, being a spark, Jordan Clarkson-ish light uh, style where he's allowed to run the second unit and permitted to score as a combo guard. I think Chris Dunn, with a full Jazz team, would be threatening to get minutes to start alongside Colin Sexton because he's that good defensively. You know... He has not only controlled the game and had good assist nights, but his shooting is career best. He's at 39% from three, and if Chris Dunn's shooting that and defending that well, he should be starting. He should be out there alongside whoever is starting at point guard, and now you have two different creators on the floor. But Taylor Horton Tucker, he could be a six-man. He could be a on a really good winning team, be a Jordan Clarkson-ish give you 10, 15 points, microwave score. JP, let's get to the uh, three-point feature sponsored by Pura, the possibility of scent. Uh, The Jazz from three tonight were uh, 12 of 31, 38.7%. They were led by Taylor Horton Tucker, who was 6 of 11. Uh, Let's see, uh, Ochai was 2 of 6, and then uh, a bunch of one-offs. Samanich was 1 of 4. 
Jones was, uh, how about that? He was one of one from three. Uh, Potter got in the game and was uh, one of one. Chris Dunn was one of one. Um, interestingly enough, Fontecchio was 0 of 3. Toscano Anderson 0 for 1. Uh, as far as San Antonio goes, they were 10 of 35 from 3, 28.6%. Uh, but uh, with this Jazz team, JP, I think you'll take 38.7%. 12 makes, not bad. 31 attempts, maybe a little bit lower than what they traditionally want to take. But I don't know who would have taken those threes, honestly. You lose so much spacing when Kelly Olenek's not out there because he's a credible pick-and-pop big. Lowry's going to shoot threes if he's out there. They lost a lot of three-point shooting by not having those guys out there. So, yeah, it's not going to look as many attempts as you can and especially against san antonio when they're letting you go to the rim take those shots those are better shots than just shooting it from distance just to shoot three pointers why take a three when you can get a dunk easier shots much easier what'd you say the jazz had at the rim tonight jp 35 shots 35 at the rim 35 shots at the rim 35 out of their 90 shots were right at the rim a a third of your shots (laughs) that's really good are there are easy shots <laughs> okay? Well, I, I guess I'll take it. And you wonder why the team shoots fifty-five percent from the field. I mean, it's probably not that difficult of a puzzle to put together. I'm imagining. Uh, all right, let's get to the Chick Fil A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick Fil A. Earn rewards with the Chick Fil A One app uh, tonight from the line. The Jazz as a team were eighteen of twenty nine percent or nine percent ninety percent. 9% would not be good. That'd be bad. That uh, would be really bad. Talon was 5 of 6. Uh, Ochai was 4 of 4. Samanich was 4 of 4. Dunn was uh, was 4 of 5. For San Antonio, they were 17 of 21 from the line, uh, 81%. JP, unlike uh, most of the time when uh, you fill in and you and I are doing the shows together, not a ton of fouls tonight, which was kind of nice. I'll take it, and uh, that explains Lucas Samanich's scratch on his neck if he went to the line for a four foul shot yeah maybe somebody got him somebody scratched him. what was that night you and i had before how many total fouls were that was that was it 60 or something it was 60 and that doesn't include the other whistles because there were double dribbles there were travels it was they reviewed every other play sloppies i think it was washington the Wizards I think game? it was the Wizards Ugh. game. I think you're right. Gross. And it gets a gross team. A team that doesn't know what they're doing. They have an entire roster that was built to win, and they're not even in the play-in zone. And they're not good. Do Awful you, team. Do you see today they're talking contract extension with Kristaps uh, Porzingis, who actually had a half-decent season. But I'm with you. They, they seem to have been putting players on that roster that are halfway decent for a while now, and they can never figure it out. You're spinning wheels when you're paying Bradley Beal $57 million. $57 million not to make the playoffs? Well, he stayed. They rewarded loyalty, JP. If I'm getting $57 million out to somebody, I better be a playoff contender. I better be at least a top four seed. And you're not even in the top six? Nah. Ten? Okay, give me a playing uh, opportunity. Nah. What? <laughs> it's no, the Wizards. That's terrible. It's the Wiz, JP. I love how personally offended you are by it, though. I am. We, we've struck a chord. <laughs> Kuzma's a good player. Kuzma's a winning player. He learned a lot in his time in Washington, and now you're going to bring him back for more losing? No. Please, No. Get him out of there. And and Bradley Beal, come on. I get you stayed, but 
Allow the franchise to move on. More uh, hot wizards take come, takes coming up right around the corner. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win. They beat the Spurs 128-117. We've got your play of the game coming up next. Stay tuned. You're listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Running up. Blocked it. The final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh, my. Taylor out of Chicago. Comes off the pick. Step back three. Oh, he's feeling it. Taylor Horton Tucker. Left side three. He's got fifth three of the night. That is our guy, David Locke. And that is your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. Jazz win, 128 to 117. Jake Scott, J.P. Chunga, sitting in for uh, Coach Lacombe tonight. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes Learn more and share MarkMillerSubaru.com. He would add one more three after that one. JP finished the night 6 of 11 from downtown. Uh, very efficient 15 of 25 from the field. A career high for THT, 41 points tonight, five assists, four rebounds. We've spent most of the post game talking about him, JP, and it probably still wasn't enough. Minus the Wizards talk, but Taylor Horton Tucker was <laughs> tremendous shooting the three ball. Most threes that he's ever had in his career. Uh, previously, it was four that he's gotten. And that's been the real hang-up on his entire career is can he shoot the three ball well enough to stick around in space on the floor um, beyond just having the ball in his hands? And when he's making six of them on 11 attempts, he'll take that every single day. That's a great percentage, but if he can shoot, he adds so much more to the team, and he can he can stay on the floor with some winning basketball. You could say the same thing about Chris Dunn, who shot the ball really well since he's been with the Jazz. That was certainly limiting him. Now, he did not take – Chris didn't take 11 threes like Taylor did tonight. He only took one, but he made it, and he was 6 of 11 from the field. It's You know, I, this is just kind of my observation, JP, but there are so many great athletes who come into the NBA. I mean, truly the best of the best, right? Run, jump. They can they can do it all and just don't have that shot. And the ones that develop it, you know, really take is the reason that a guy like Chris Dunn goes, what do you go sixth in the NBA draft? Because yep. like you, you say to yourself, if you're a front office guy, you're probably saying, wow, if we can get a jump shot on that dude, look out. I mean, he's going to be a special player. The, the tricky part is, is that's really hard to do. I mean, for every, you know, Kawhi Leonard that refits their shot, there's, you know, probably five Ben Simmons that refuse to do it or can't do it or whatever the case. And, you know, Talon has certainly evolved as a player and a shooter this year, and it looks like Chris Dunn has too. Or they take bad ones. They oh, take, great point. They yeah. have awful shot selection. They don't realize that what they're doing is or they're taking bad shots because they it doesn't register that this isn't within my game. And Chris Dunn has tapered down to where I'm only taking wide-open shots or shots I think I can make from deep, and that's that's going to help your percentage when you're doing it. And he had a lot of uh, expectation on him yeah. heading into uh, his entire experience because in Minnesota, you're relied upon. 
as a top 10 pick, people expect you to be the next best thing. You're going to the dunk contest. You're going to All-Star Weekend, having a great time. But the production on the floor doesn't match what you're getting social media-wise or the digital clicks, whatever, because you do fancy great dunks because of your athleticism. Finding a winning game takes some time. And for Chris Dunn to go down to the G League, take a, a different route, Instead of going overseas, because I'm sure he had opportunities there where you can score 30 points in a Greece league or, or wherever you want to go, he decided, I'm going to stay stateside, humble myself a little bit, play with the Capital City go-go, and then come back and show the NBA that I can stick around. I can see him being truly, I can see him being a starting level guard in the league because of how great he defends and he only, if he's only taking good shots for himself, he he won't screw up your team, and you can win that way with him on the floor. So it's got to be a nice luxury to have that lottery pick cash in the bank yeah. to stick around and play stateside. Because I, I agree with you. I think it can be advantageous. But to a lot of guys who are just coming out of college, they need the paycheck. And right now, the G League, who has improved their pay in a you know kind of a variety of different creative ways, for your average player still isn't paying a whole lot. So you know, a lot of folks, I don't think they have that luxury where they can say, well, I'll stick around stateside and make, you know, very little money for a little bit until I get my next crack at it. But mentally, are you still that lottery pick or have you humbled yourself to say, I'm a role player in this league? I'm just more saying you can keep the lights on. No, I, know, you- <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. But, but even if like, when you think about yeah, it, I if you want to go overseas, you could still be a star. You still be that lottery pick. That's scoring 20 points a night, getting 20 shots his way. Everybody's looking at you and wants you to take the final shot, be the big guy on campus, have that Providence feel, or you go to Capital City Go-Go and know that you're a role player and know at the NBA, I'm okay doing this because I humbled myself. I've been humbled, and I'm fine with the role that I have right now. I can star in my role. Uh, if you're just, uh, joining us, just reviewing the stats a little bit for you. We're talking a lot about Taylor, uh, Horton Tucker, who had 41 points career high for him, 15 of 25 shooting six of 11 from three. We're talking about Chris Dunn as well. He was good again tonight, 17 points, five assists for him. He also, uh, grabbed four rebounds, 12 points tonight for Doak, a perfect six of six in his 24 minutes, five rebounds to go along with those 12 points. Johnny Juzang had uh, 10 coming in off the bench. Ochai Obaji had 10 points on two of seven, shooting two of six from three. Uh, Walker Kessler tonight just missed a double-double by one point, had nine points, 10 boards, four assists, and uh, also added two block shots for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they were led by uh, Malachi Bronham, who had uh, 21 points on seven of 12 shooting. Trey Jones uh, added 17. Devontae Graham had 17 coming in off the bench. Mamu had 17 off the bench as well. Bates Diop with 15 and Zach Collins uh, with 12. But San Antonio did not shoot the ball as well as the Jazz did tonight. And uh, Jazz actually ended up with a comfortable win. JP, let's get a few final thoughts from you before we uh, turn the page on this one. Making sure that you continue this good riding of the wave of whoever has a hot hand when Lowry, Clarkson, Sexton, Gay, all your your top four scores are out, Kelly Olynyk, riding the wave of 
whoever has a hot hand. Tonight was Taylor Horton Tucker did it efficiently. And in that respect, you didn't have to have Ochai Abaji take too many shots. Chris Dunn take too many shots. Walker Kessler take too many shots. You can ride Taylor Horton Tucker taking the right shots, doing the right efficient winning play, and doing enough to get you over the top. It's going to be a very different game against Boston because they're one of the best teams in the league and things are not going to go as well against them the way that it did against San Antonio. But giving it your best effort and seeing that Will Hardy ethos of playing hard, playing with energy, and playing for sacrificing for the better of the team. And tonight everybody sacrificed so Taylor Horton Tucker could have a career night, and he delivered. Six threes on 11 shots, huge, great shot selection, and just shows a little bit of what he can do when he gets the opportunity. He can have a 40-point night. Big thanks to Lock and Boone for doing a great job calling all the action. Thanks to uh, Mike Smith for joining us in the pregame show. Thanks to our broadcast assistants tonight. Big thanks to Jamil Hawkins, excellent work, executive producer of the Jazz Broadcast. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, the title sponsor of the postgame show in the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. Thank you, JP. It's always fun hanging out with you, my friend. I'll see you against, uh, as the Jazz take on the Lakers next week. Oh, I look forward to it. Yeah. All right. Jazz win tonight, 128-117 to over the Spurs. Next broadcast coming your way Friday night. The Jazz will be in Boston to take on the Celtics. Tip-off for that game will be at 5.30. Pre-game begins at 4.30. You have been listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.